0: There's a doctor in the house? Doctor, doctor, give me the news. I got a bad case of loving you.
1: Doctor, doctor,
0: doctor, 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 and doctor.
1: It's time for Advanced Medicine Monday with Dr. Rashid Batar.
0: I'm a doctor, not a bricklayer. A doctor, not a mechanic. I'm a doctor, not a coal miner. The doctor is in. Dr. Vitar,
1: it's time for some advanced medicine. Here we are. i Can not believe it's December of 2017 already? How, how did we get here?
0: I don't know, but in February, we'll be, what, starting our, is it our ninth year?
1: I think you're right. It's like, uh, yep, starting on our ninth year. year. Yeah. Uh, well, we, seventh, eighth, ninth together, that's right, because I've been on the air. This is the 18th year, so... Uh, and we started uh, Groundhog Day 2011 together, and uh, so if it be Groundhog Day 2018, that would be seven, yeah, in our eighth year, I think, yeah. You know,
0: wow. 18, okay. So yeah. It was 2011 or 2010?
1: 2011. Groundhog Day 2011. 2011. Yeah, I remember that. Got it. On an auspicious day, we came out and did not see our shadows, so we just continued to have some fun. <laughs> right. Did not go back right. into the, the, the uh, groundhog uh, hole, so to speak. That's right. So... Healthcare crisis, we've been talking, lecturing on it, and it is a crisis of disease care, disease management, disease creation. There's an interesting article here on Natural Blaze. I, I thought you might like it, too. And and he references this guy, that Chris, uh, the writer, references a place, a city called Potholeville. And they spent all of this money it, repairing cars, all the time repairing cars, until some a few citizens got wise and said, well, why don't you fix the potholes instead of, having to spend all that money fixing cars. And they say, well, it's too expensive to fix the potholes. And then another person says, well, you can never get rid of all the potholes. And then another person says, even if you fix the potholes, they're just going to reappear in a short while, so it's not even worth repairing them. And then another person says, if we fix the potholes, what will all the technicians do? It's going to lead to high unemployment. It's like, like, if you apply that to the human body, right, what will all the doctors do if you fix all the things that you can actually fix instead of, you know, repairing the car is—it's just a concept that it seems to be so rooted in common sense, but so lacking in what we've been dealing with in modern medicine and not advanced medicine.
0: Right. That's that's uh, that's a very true statement. Um, I think that it's probably it's it's not surprising though, is it, Robert? Do you, you, you find that surprising? I mean, it's almost it's almost not surprising at all.
1: Well, I mean, th- th- what's surprising is that this system is still arguing for its, uh, well, not, it's not surprising, but it would argue for its sustenance by denying the repair of the potholes in that argument in terms of the cars that are always being repaired, right? It's like us saying, hey, why don't you eat cleaner food? Why don't you exercise more? And when you do, you know, succumb to, you hit a pothole, uh, deal with it right then and there so that it doesn't become, you know, damp- the permanent damage to your underbody, right, as a car would be mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. car speak. And... You know that's just again. This is so rooted in common sense, but it's like that when we talk about the car analogy. Sometimes it fits. Where you say, "Would you put in contaminated gasoline in your car?" Of course not. I don't want to harm my car. But would you put contaminated food in your body? Well, my doctor doesn't say that. It's like the mechanic would say, "Sure, put it in there because you're going to come to me and I'm going to be able to help you out and part part you from your money."
0: Mm -hmm. Right. That's what I mean. Though it's not surprising that this system is in play because this is how um, the, the, the feeding of the thought process of um, lack of responsibility or lack of personal responsibility and um, somebody else external to you will fix your problems. Uh, it's uh, creating a dependency state, a state where personal responsibility is minimized and dependency upon others that theoretically are better equipped or no more than you know will guide you as to what the right thing is for you to do. But that's exactly Mm -hmm. why we are in the problems that we are today as a global society. For example, with the Centers for Disease Control and what they did with the vaccines and they fell asleep at the wheel that they were supposed to be responsible for uh, safeguarding our children, but um, they obviously didn't do that. The way they should have, because that's why there's been this problem with vaccines. you can use any, you can insert any widget in there with any type of aspect of healthcare. You can do this with cancer, you can do this with heart disease, you can do this with vaccines, you can do this with diabetes, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. That's why I was saying it's not surprising, because it seems to be how, in, in the words of Napoleon Hill in his book Outwitting the Devil, this is a, a combination of three criteria that creates all these failures. First, uh, he talks about is drifting or the lack of definition of purpose. The second factor is what he calls hypnotic rhythm, which is essentially the, um, the habit formation of not having personal responsibility, okay? Like, mm. uh, it's okay to drink, it's okay to smoke, it's okay to eat crappy food, and then, hey, when you've got a problem, then you go to the emergency room, and then they'll get you fixed up, and they'll do the bypass, et etc. et cetera. Um, So it's that type of mentality, as opposed to, hey, do the right thing now, and you will never have to worry about the bypass, you never have to worry about the chest pain. And then the third part, the third criteria is time, and time meaning that the longer you allow something to happen, the more uh, the sustained habit forming, the hypnotic rhythm, uh, takes its formation and continues, and then that causes more and more drifting. And so it's a positive feedback, if you will, that feeds upon itself. Mm -hmm. Well, in
1: the system itself, as diseased as it is, you know, lives to defend itself and to attack those who don't support it or who would be perceived to be real or imagined competition to it. Here's a great story that's not great because I like it, but it's a significant example. This is in NaturalNews.com. By the way, all the links are in the show notes at robertscabell.com. Also linking out to AdvancedMedicine.com. Super put the links in the notes. It's- and, and your invitation code to participate in, in the organization, or we say the membership, uh, that could be free for you because you listen to the Robert Scott Bell Show with the code. We'll talk about it. But there's a health coach. You've heard about people that do holistic health coaching. They're not going in claiming to be doctors. They don't even claim to be nutritionists or dietitians necessarily. But they work with you. They listen to you. They follow. They go, hey, here, let's get a little exercise going here, maybe make some better choices on food. And those who have boards like the dietitians. Who are the lapdogs often of uh, Monsanto, big food basically? You know, these synthetic foods, these uh, artificial food companies, things like that Coca Cola, PepsiCo, and things like that. Uh, this dietitian reported her to the board, her dietitian's board, and then, of course, the state agency then took action, criminal action against her, fined her, threatened her, you know, with all kinds of things because, my gosh, we cannot have competition from someone who is not licensed like us, the dietitians, for instance. And I've, I've said this so many times about licensure. It is anti-competition, is is anti-freedom, and in fact protects a monopoly on knowledge. And the knowledge that is contained within a monopoly is often 30 years behind what the people who are real healers, real doctors, doing advanced medicine, or real nutritionists, doing advanced nutrition, not based on scientifically conflicted information from manufacturers of fake foodstuffs.
0: Yeah, so this is a perfect example. If you apply those three criteria, you know, you've got that definition of purpose. When it's lost, you know, you start drifting, and that's what's happened there. Uh, these organized um, thought, these, these organized bodies, like the medical boards or the di- dietitian boards or whatever boards, you know, they they don't have any um, competition. They have a fiefdom, if you will, mm-hmm. so they are able to maintain the status quo and they they have a monopoly. So they tend to, by having this monopoly, they just start drifting. They just kind of go whichever way they want. And then they have that hypnotic rhythm, which is that constant habit of the same thing, same thing, same thing, over and over again. And then time, as time passes, they remain entrenched in their power um, position. And so they start to think that they have control over everything. And this is uh, consistent with lack of growth, because when... Mm. You think that you know everything, and when you think you control everything, then there's no incentive to actually improve and grow and, and further that particular science. So this is one reason that, when you look at the computer industry, there's so much innovation because there's constant competition and constant growth. And you know, every microchip that comes out, as soon as it comes out, the next generations are already being developed. It's mm-hmm. almost obsolete by the time it's introduced, whereas in medicine, it's totally the opposite. We're still doing some of the things that are so barbaric that we did years and years and years ago, yeah and they're still trying to poison cancer with, with uh, chemotherapy or radiation and those type of things, and then there'll be a new twist on a certain drug, but it 's the same class, nobody's looking at the at a newer in a more innovative way of doing something, so mm-hmm. we really when you start talking about this problem, we really need to reward in, and incentivize innovation is what we really need to do
1: We do. But uh, according to Mark Twain, it's easier to fool people than to convince them that they have been fooled, right? And so a lot of people, including in the profession that we talk about, medicine, don't want to acknowledge that they were duped too because it shows that they're fallible and there is that God complex that can come about when you've been granted this monopoly status and then you get the God complex going. That's why they sometimes are referred to as M-deities. When they've lost that insight, when they've lost the willingness to listen, the ability to listen – and learn. Like, you know, I've learned from you watching how you interact with your patients. Again, when you know stuff's going to help people, you're not going to hold that back, but people bring things to us all of the time. We have to consider, sometimes it's real, sometimes it's not, but the moment you think you know it all, shut her down, man. Find somebody else to work with.
0: Yeah, and, and this is one of the things that, it's, it's a sad situation, but yet we see uh, the cloud's clearing in certain areas and, and an improvement in that coming about, and more and more people becoming aware. But there mm-hmm. is a lot of this them and the control and and that's organized, um, these organizations that are preventing um, innovation and growth to occur and a lot of uh, infighting and a lot of the incestuous processes that, that try to keep them, um, that, they, that they try to utilize to maintain their status quo and maintain their power. And mm-hmm. I think that Standing up, like you talked about with the dietitian who complained about a life coach, and then the life coach uh, standing up, and I don't know what the outcome was. But as more and more people are challenged like this, and more and more people start realizing that hey, I don't need to have a license to do something. I mean, there there is a there is a time and a place. Like I, I wouldn't want somebody who's not licensed to do a bypass operation, perhaps. You know? Um, Well, I I, yeah,
1: I I get that concept if it's in its pure context and done right. But I, I think through board certification, uh, you can uh, limit those who are allowed to do that by law, even without license. Again, that's splitting hairs on that issue. But I get the concept, though, that in a general sense, licensure has been sold to us as one thing, but in its application, it's another. So we'd have to find a better way to go about that, because I don't want, as a homeopath, me doing heart surgery on you or anybody, right? So there's still laws against fraud, right? You can't claim to do something that you haven't been trained to do officially, and you can be busted for that without a license. Anyway, let's carry on this discussion into the vaccine realm. The dengue fever vaccine in the Philippines. Big news.
0: The Robert Scott Bell Show. In all my years of radio, I've never seen anything like this. The Robert Scott Bell Show. The Robert Scott Bell Show. Show.
1: Advanced Medicine continues here with Dr. Rasha Bittar on the Robert Scott Bell Show. Uh, Hundreds and hundreds of hours of archives available to you at advancedmedicine.com. And, of course, we used to have it at medicalrewind.com. Are they still there as well? Because I know that things are transitioning into the advancedmedicine.com website, too.
0: Yeah, they're not there at Advanced Medicine yet. They're probably still at Medical Rewind, but they will be, yeah.
1: Okay, so that, that's uh, emerging, and of course, we have the archives here at robertscabell.com now on video as well as we do YouTube here on GCN. Uh, interesting uh, subject matter on vaccines, specific to the dengue fever. Now, this relates also to things I've been covering in the last couple of years about Zika and chikungunya. They all seem to be related according to the medical literature and what, how it's being reported. But now in the Philippines, Dr. Batar, 730,000 Filipino children apparently received a faulty dengue vaccine, which caused more severe dengue than, rather than preventing it. And what they're saying now is if you give this vaccine to someone who didn't have dengue and they acquire dengue, it is devastatingly worse than those who had dengue and they get this vaccine and it seems to be not so problematic. But what occurs to me here, in addition to the problems that they're raising, is that the people who have dengue or have had it and survived it, why are you vaccinating them? Shouldn't they already have antibodies for dengue? Wouldn't that make sense? Yeah, it would. Okay, so then, so, so they say it's not as problematic for those who already had dengue, but if they haven't had dengue, they get this vaccine for dengue, they have a more vicious, debilitating form of dengue. Is it really the form that's changed, or is it the immune system that has been altered by the dengue vaccine that they're now calling faulty.
0: Yeah, I think that that's the latter. So that's a very good point, and that's probably very common. The same type of situation could be probably attributed to many of the uh, conditions when they start seeing um, a change in the so-called virus or the change in the so-called bacteria. And I think it's more change in the immune system and not so much in the uh, in in the bacteria, the virus per se, even though Mm -hmm. mutagenesis can take place as well.
1: Sure. But, you know, Sanofi Pasteur is actually admitting that their vaccine for uh, dengue is defective. Again, I don't know how they're defining defective. I, I would argue that most all vaccines by virtue of what's in them are going to cause defects in you. But in this case, it's it's pretty significant because they're acknowledging it to the government of the Philippines That there's a problem here that are impacting potentially 730,000 kids over there. Uh, Again, I caused the question to be asked because I had Professor Duisberg on, one of the world's foremost retrovirologists, a guy who knows viruses and interactions with the immune system. And he says, you know, only in the era when HIV became the so called red herring of AIDS did an antibody mean you were going to die. Everything prior to that, an antibody was good. So if you had dengue, you lived, you survived, you should be strong. Why are they vaccinating those people anyway? And then they're saying by vaccinating the people who haven't had dengue, they're having a much worse manifestation of dengue. Again, it brings to light these questions we've been asking about vaccines for a long time.
0: Yeah, I I would uh, agree that these are, these are concerns. And again, it's probably you're talking about dengue right now, but this could be an argument that could be made for many other similar type of uh, diseases that are caused by a virus or bacteria or some type of a pathogen.
1: Right. Think about uh, chickenpox, how naturally acquired chickenpox strengthens you. You get the vaccine, and now we're seeing shingles outbreaks in adults and younger and younger ages that never had this case before. And, and the question is, why? Why are we doing this? Of course, you and I are not doing this, but there is an industry that is you know, promoting this religious agenda of basically take the sacrament, don't ask questions, and if you do, we're going to find a way to convince you otherwise by having you abandon this principle of individual liberty or spiritual freedom.
0: Exactly. We can also apply it to the measles. Remember the wild type mm-hmm. measles outbreak in uh, uh, in Disney, and they were talking about all the people that were actually that it wasn't the wild type. It was actually all the vaccinated, all the people that had the measles outbreak in Disney all had had the measles vaccine. It wasn't the wild type. Um, it was the the uh, vaccine strain that had the been vaccinia. Created. Yeah.
1: The, the thing about this, of course, is that. A healthy, otherwise healthy person in a developing situ- situation acquires the measles, gets over it, and is strengthened for life, for good purpose, as opposed to saying, trying, as they argue, "Well, we'll make them pure from infection if they would just get vaccinated. Well, we're not supposed to be pure from infection. It is part of the development of our immune system, the learning process, the strengthening of the species generation to generation. But that's not what we get, but you do get it here on Advanced Medicine.
0: Yeah, this is this is an important part that the human immune system is actually. We are a viral system. We evolved through the mutation of viruses. That's a very good point.
1: Yeah. Well, we've got some more discussion going on on the break. In fact, we have a caller asking about insomnia. Dr. Batar and I will talk with that person from Miami in a moment. Then we'll be back and we've got to talk about uh, let's see, question of the day about root canals and holistic approach to healthcare and dentistry as well.
0: The revolution will be broadcast. The Robert Scott Bell Show. Rocking the health world through the power of radio. It's The Robert Scott Bell Show.
1: All right, we were just talking uh, with someone uh, on up here the uh, on, the, on the break about uh, an insomnia situation. Uh, of course, adrenal issues, Dr. Batari, you bring up, that sits right on the kidneys. And he, he had mentioned blood pressure earlier, was on temporarily, I think, I don't know if still, on a blood pressure medication. And we talk about kidney health, urinary health, even reproductive health, all of these areas being impacted. In fact, one of the articles here today, and it's linked up in the show notes at robertscottbell.com, talks about heavy metals causing chronic urinary and reproductive health problems, according to a study on particularly dental amalgams. And this was done by the CDC. Is it possible the CDC recognizes that mercury might not be good for you after all?
0: Well, we would hope so, because uh, the Environmental Protection Agency has recognized it as the second most toxic substance known to man, so we'd hope the CDC would catch up with them.
1: Yeah, I would think so. And uh, and I was just thinking in terms of blood pressure, you've, you've often talked about another heavy metal, cadmium, its impact on kidney, renal health. Uh, if something impacts the kidneys, I mean, uh, is there a, uh, uh, uh adrenal kidney brain barrier, you know, like a blood brain Is there something, if the kidneys are impacted, that the adrenals wouldn't be? I mean, with heavy metals, perhaps?
0: Uh, not that I'm aware of, Robert. I mean, the adrenal system is a part of the endocrine system and the endocrine system is total endocrine system is very very sensitive and susceptible to heavy metals so the thyroid the uh, adrenals the you know sex hormones the mm-hmm. reproductive organs they're all very very sensitive to the uh, effects of mercury of all heavy metals for that matter right so that, yeah that's why i
1: was thinking in terms of uh, some other physical explanations as we we're talking to leonard off the air about Insomnia, we talked about mental activity. You mentioned as well going to bed at a certain time to, to work with the circadian rhythms of the body, right? Finding a way that, in fact, there are other things I do. I mean, we turn off the Wi-Fi at night, for instance, because it's disruptive if you're sensitive. And even if you're not, there's impact. Uh, obviously the more stressed or the more toxic you are the more impact negative it can happen have on you but you might not notice it because you've got so many other ailments as you get cleaner you can become more sensitive and i'm not saying that em fields are going to cause cancer tomorrow or in a day but it, wouldn't we agree that we try to reduce exposure to things that are not ideal for us if we have any level of control over it and i even you know i cover any light leaks too i sleep better in total darkness
0: mhm Yep, I'm the same way. I I like to cover up all the lights. Everything needs to be off. And also, alarm clocks or anything like that, either they're unplugged or I prefer that they're not even on another room. But even if they are, that they're far away enough away from the bed, from the head of the bed so that they don't disrupt um, from an electromagnetic standpoint. And of course, then the light being very dim. But I like it perfectly black myself. I agree with you. (laughs)
1: Very, very, very good. Now, um, I think this this may relate, this next thing, because we're talking about dentistry, the placement of metal amalgams, which can contain upwards of 50% mercury, and that stuff will leach out it will gas out every time you chew and eat. And, of course, the impact on any system of the body is known, and as we're mentioning, uh, the kidney urinary system. But what about the impact of surrounding tissue? And that leads us to our second, second question of the day. Excuse me. I'd like to ask you a few questions. All right, this question comes from Claude, Claude, or if he's from France, it would probably be Claude, Claude. Uh, but uh, Claude's asking. Uh, he says, "Hey, I love the natural options you bring to us. What do you think about root canal treatment? Or more precisely, is there a safer alternative besides removing the tooth?" Thanks, Claude. Now, Doctor Batar, I, you know, I've got a problem with this root canal concept because. You go in there, you just basically kill the tooth, but you leave it in place. And it disavows any knowledge that the tooth is a living entity in your body. It's not just dead tissue per se, but after you kill it, it becomes a place that you'll often find infection can live because the living, you know, and we can go to an energetic standpoint, but even the exchange of the the life fluids, whether they be lymph, blood, etc., moving through and around the tooth are disconnected from the rest of the body. So it becomes problematic, and some have argued that knowing the meridian system, like a specific tooth has a root canal, they'll trace the meridian back to the breast. They'll find higher incidences of breast cancer. So it's not just the problem locally on tissue. So I'll throw all of that out for you to comment on.
0: Well, the first thing is that when I learned that 95% of all disease processes start in the mouth, I was shocked, and that is a absolute truth. Uh, the second is what you're talking about with the meridians and the disruption uh, of the meridians when they do dental work. Massive, massive interplay, and uh, the correlation is so dramatic. I mean, 90% plus correlation between the meridians that are disturbed during dental procedures and then subsequent um, issues that arise in that particular meridian in the body because of the dental work that was done, like you said, with the breast or you know, mm-hmm. wh- whatever the case of whatever organ system um, that that meridian defined. So this is not far-fetched. This has happening all the time, and it's remarkable when you have um, some understanding of these various meridians and dentists that actually do look at that. In fact, I'm surprised at how many biological dentists are now uh, using those uh, traditional Chinese diagrams that kind of show which tooth uh, has which meridian that goes through it or which meridian goes through which tooth. And mm-hmm. uh, making sure that if somebody has, let's say, you know, pancreatic cancer, then they're looking at the particular tooth that would be correlating with that meridian, and then assessing that tooth and finding that there's a problem, whether there's a, like you said, a root canal or some type mm-hmm. of uh, abscess or some type of a cavitation or something like that. So yes, it's a, it's a very very big issue. And all our cancer patients that come to us, that's one of the first things we look at is the impact of their um, teeth on their cancer process and what needs to be done. Amalgam is being removed, cavitation is being resolved, Mm -hmm. uh, root canals being alleviated, etc., etc.
1: Well, and and like in in my wife's case, who you know, she'd been dealing with six years of intense neuralgic pain from a a dental extraction, leaving a cavitation until it was finally corrected recently. And the CBD, as we talked about, kept her alive ultimately uh, through the pain and the anxiety that exacerbates uh, the pain and vice versa. Uh, But in the case of, let's say we've got somebody that has an abscess below the tooth. Now, as a homeopath, I know the remedy is hepar-sulfur-calcarium. And I would also say modulate immunity, strengthen immunity in general. If there's amalgam there, remove it safely, of course. Uh, the, The other thing is, can we attack the infection directly? Yes, I've got dentists that will utilize injecting ozone. You've utilized silver and silver intravenously or even injecting into the site to eradicate the infection. Now, if you were truly able to eradicate the abscess, you might not have to destroy the tooth or pull the tooth you know, for a root canal scenario. But uh, modern medicine relying only on antibiotics devastates immunity long term. The, the uh, penchant for root canal to destroy the tooth to, to address the abscess improperly, again, leaves necrotic tissue potentially and future infections and cancers. So uh, if we can address the infection safely, more holistically, and knock it out, maybe none of this is, is necessary.
0: Yeah, I would, uh, I would agree with you. Uh, it, it is something that must be looked at, must be addressed, because it is very prevalent. And I think also those dentists that do understand the importance of this and they end up doing some type of a procedure, they can take certain proactive steps, to make sure that those particular marines aren't disruptive or do things to minimize the disruption so that there isn't a long-term consequence downstream from their uh, procedure. Mm-hmm.
1: But wouldn't it be extraordinary? And I- I've met dentists that are now integrating. A lot of them integrate ozone. Some of them also integrate silver. And I know the interplay with oxygen and silver is excellent so that you can get double the benefit or even triple the benefit by using both. Uh, but I believe there are innovative dentists and doctors that are figuring this thing out because the rapid, uh, uh, let's say, post antibiotic era that we are approaching, in a time where so many of the bugs have become so-called superbugs, uh, the reality is we have to find other options. And there are other options. They just haven't been in play in a long time. And with advances in medicine and science, we can actually tap into some of those more ancient modalities and make them even perhaps more efficient without uh, sacrificing them in a synthetic way.
0: Yeah, I I would agree with that, Robert. I would definitely agree with that. And I think that um, um, also people becoming aware of the importance of the correlation between disrupting various meridians during dental procedures, just people becoming aware of it and asking those questions. um, Probably the vast majority of dentists are not aware of this, but if a patient starts to uh, become empowered with knowledge and they bring this up and the dentist either does or doesn't know about it. say the dentist knows about it, then they'll be able to give you a good answer. And if the dentist doesn't know about it, then you may want to choose a different dentist or you may want to prompt the dentist to, you know, find out more about it before they do the procedure. And so it, it's actually raising the collective consciousness to the awareness of this issue. And the more people that know about it, the more dramatic the impact would be. But it is a massive, massive issue. And it, mm-hmm. it's something that people should pay attention to.
1: Yeah, hey, Super Don. If you got your ears on, I just I want to ask about dental health because uh, I just want to make sure you don't have any root canals we're gonna have to worry about down the road, right? Just everyone, so I think about you. Get me. You're sitting in that chair doing your thing, or you chewing on a pencil? I don't know what's going on over there.
0: (laughs) No, no root canals, no.
1: Okay, good, good, good. Well, we had we you know we had such an extraordinary uh, event this weekend, the Southeastern uh, Natural Products Association. And you know, we were even talking about issues like uh, neurological interference, like the chiropractic model. And you, as a DO and osteopath, you understand that 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 you know, function follows form, and that the brain, the nervous, all of these things are impacted by you know how are we structurally, so that there are elements of of you know whether it be biomechanics that are good or bad. There's so many things that impact nerve flow, blood flow, lymphatic flow. We talk about exercise and movement, but again, all of those things can be all the good things we do that can help. Can be counteracted when, for instance, we are injected with mercury or placed in our teeth with a mercury based amalgam that will continually leach the second most toxic substance that we know about. So, uh, you know, it can be frustrating for people, like even Leonard, who we're talking to off the air here about his insomnia, doing a lot of the right things and as we're trying to hone in on maybe what we're missing or what he's missing in this regard, I don't believe in random acts of whatever. I think there's always something. We've just got to find it if we're able to or open to it.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that. I don't believe in random acts of uh, whatever either. I think mm-hmm. that I think that's um, it's a very poor way of uh, seeing the world by just believing that they are random acts. The, even the chaos theory has um, this this organization to the chaos. Yes, there's there's non-randomity.
1: Yeah, exactly. Well, and folks, if you're listening to the Robert Scott Bell Show, Advanced Medicine, every week, you know that's not a random act either. You're choosing to be here, and we appreciate you for doing that. I would encourage you to go to the show notes today, robertscoutbell.com. It will link you up to advancedmedicine.com. And the special invitation code, Super Don, has placed it in the notes as you scroll down. You can see it's 1358, and you can be, uh, be part of the AHEAD map, the medical assessment program that's uh, evolving all the time and getting all the time better. Pretty profound in bringing the power to heal back to each and every one of you where it belongs more with dr Batar, advanced medicine after this brief break
0: the robert scott bell show in all my years of radio i've never seen anything like this the robert scott bell show start all
1: right Drtar have you been have you been following a, a lot of the I know you're not a guy that's a news junkie that's I, that's kind of silly but maybe you've heard a little bit about like in Hollywood and government all of these people that are being outed as as sexual abusers uh you know pedophilia I mean really horrible things that are happening people in power abusing their power and it, you know well like we've been talking about for years consciousness shift the light is shining and those people can no longer hide. And we're seeing and hearing a lot about that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so one of the dads who you may have met maybe at Autism One, and he's got, I think he's uh, Tanner's dad, Tim, and I think that's his handle on Twitter. And he I don't know if it was him or someone in conjunction with him came up with this idea. Oh, Ken Lively. in fact, it was. Uh, As a Twitter tag, a hashtag, vaccine injury me too and it's playing off of the me too for all the women who were abused sexually in some way and it's opening up the hey you know what there's abuse and then there's abuse because what do you call it when people whether it be doctors or otherwise are promoting or actually injecting toxic poisons into defenseless children if not abuse a form of abuse child abuse in this case and hashtag vaccine injury me too was kind of expanding on this idea is now people are sensitive to this idea of don't abuse your power what's happening with the medical relationship to the people or even the government and pharmaceutical relationship to the people when they're foisting this abuse on innocent defenseless people
0: yeah um it that's that's an interesting concept i I have not heard of that and like you said um, i don't stay up with the news so I had not <laughs> yes. heard that, but that is interesting.
1: Yeah, I think it's Vax injury. Me too, if I'm not cur- it, 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 super. Don, you remember that? I think last week we had Ken Heck and Lively on uh, from Boland Report. He had that big piece on that. And again, it's nope. just like pointing out that, as I've said so many times on the air, you know, when we talk about abuse, let's say you've got an adult abusing an adult. It's about like a Harvey Weinstein abusing all the the young starlets that want to have be, be in a movie, right? That's horrible. I could not say that's anything but horrible. But then we take. And look at pedophilia, an adult abusing a child. It was like, I don't think anybody looks at that as anything but worse, even. You know, it's not saying one is good, but I look at the equivalency, if you will, of the abuse of children with toxic metals, aborted fetal cells, animal RNA, DNA, antibiotics, adjuvants, heavy, you know, and injecting them into children, into babies. I'm thinking, what kind of sick minds think that this is okay?
0: But it's been happening, Robert, and it's it's going to probably continue to happen. And uh, this is a recurrent theme that we ask all the time, what what sick mind allows an individual to do that? And it's uh, it's a modern form of genocide as as far as I'm concerned.
1: Yeah, it it is. It's we have been disrupted to such a degree That, uh, you know, how do we get that sanity back? And it only happens one person at a time. It's not like it happens in mass, although there may be the hundredth monkey effect that suddenly everybody is aware of it. But one by one by one, the transformation occurs. It's like that one new listener we got a year ago, two years ago. One new listener we got today or yesterday. And one by one by one. Oh, also, uh, uh, just uh, a shout out if uh, if our uh, Leonard from Miami is listening. A great doctor of chiropractic who we met, Dr. Louis Arendt, uh, A-R-R-A-N-D-T from Miami. He does a very interesting protocol. Uh, another sweet, kind man, healer. There are healers down there in Miami that might be able to help you with your uh, insomnia, just to put that out there. But advancedmedicine.com, if you go there, go through the AHEAD map. I mean, can't you do some level of self-assessment, Dr. Batar, even in an insomnia case?
0: Well, the head map will allow them to start to recognize any of the organs of detoxification where there may be a greater stressor, mm-hmm. uh, and then to a lesser degree to some of the other um, organ systems as well. But, you know, specifically looking at the liver, the gut, the kidneys, the skin, systemic pH, it'll end up seeing if there's a. The, it, the head map will allow you to see if there's an issue there. But as far as specifically to insomnia, um, i don't know it just it'll give you an indication as to the whether the organs of detoxification are compromised or not or the level that they're compromised or not
1: but as we know any time an organ of, of or of elimination is compromised there is no system that is not Im- impacted or affected of course absolutely. some are more overtly absolutely. though but so the thing is yeah, there's you, nothing wrong no downside to discovering these things
0: yeah you're absolutely right you are 100% right that's completely accurate
1: yeah and again, we talk about, uh, you know, uh, the emotional states, the mental states, and we talk about spiritual states, and you talk about spiritual toxicity and the nine steps to keep the doctor away. I think, uh, Leonard, if you're still listening, if you have not read Dr. Batar's wonderful book, international bestseller, it's called The Nine Steps to Keep the Doctor Away. So. Uh, ben, go ahead and play the outro music. We're about wrapping up here. And Dr. Bittar, another great Advanced Medicine Monday, my friend. I look forward to seeing you and Ty Bollinger together at the big uh, TTAC event this weekend.
0: Yeah, I'm looking forward to it too, Robert. And I'm actually going to have my son with me, so, so hopefully i will all have a great time. Well, here we go. Tell them what they need to know real quick. <laughs> the power to heal is unequivocally yours. Yeah. The Robert Scott the Bell, Robert Bell Show. Scott Bell Show.